Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today, I have a special guest with me. I have Ashley Hike. Ashley, can you please tell the audience about yourself and who you are and why you're here today? Yeah, I am Ashley Ann, and I am a clarity coach and accountability coach, and I am a single mom, and I love helping women start their own businesses or hold them accountable to the goals that they have and the visions that they have for their life. So I am here to serve the audience and help give tips for that and also inspire you to live your vision and your dream. So could you elaborate a little bit more on this coaching? Because the way that you said it, uh, some people would understand and some people will not understand that. So could you clarify that or just give better uh, meaning to it for the audience? Yeah, of course. So I believe that we all have something that we want to do with our life and it can be like a little whisper that we hear. um, And it's something that can leave us restless or feeling stuck if we are, if we're always thinking about it, but we don't know what to do next. So I love to come into this space with you and to brainstorm how to take steps or action steps to get there. So I have some clients who want to focus on healthy habits Um, and maybe eat more vegetables or move more. But then I also have clients who are working a nine to five job and they want to leave that and be able to work from home and work in their own business so that they have more freedom and flexibility um, to be with their family. So I love just helping people take action towards what they want to do and become clear on what that looks like um, because that's what I did and I absolutely love that I get to serve people in that way. Okay, so let us know what started you out on your journey, because everybody has a, a, a as we call it, the tell of the tape. Uh, everyone has a story like me, for instance, I decided that I wanted a podcast because I talk too much. And I got a lot of folklores and I want to get them out there in the world. And I want to encourage people to be more uh, well rounded in thought to uh, kind of like, you know, like what you're doing right now, I want people to be able to know about this, because in some circles, some people may know in some circles, they may not know. But if they're listening to a podcast, they can hear in a well rounded space. Yeah. So I was a teacher for nine years. And unfortunately, I found myself um, in an abusive and um, toxic relationship. Um, I had had my daughter, she was six months at the time um, when there was an incident that took place. um, And I unfortunately was arrested um, for something that I did not do. So The consequences of that were that I lost my teaching job and I lost my teaching license. Um, So going through the whole criminal process, um, family court, um, I was reached, um, the state board of education reached out to me and they said, hey, um, you can't hold your license unless you want to appear in front of Um, the board. And I said, you know what, like, I'm just going to leave that and turn the chapter. And I've always wanted to own my own business. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So um, I found that this was a place to kind of start a new chapter. I knew I wanted to be at home with my baby girl. So I took this opportunity and I went with it. I also remember my dad in that moment being like, this is your chance. Like, push forward, don't look back, and just go full into it. So that's what I did. And that's the nutshell of the story of how I'm here today. But I went through a journey of being a graphic designer to a VA, and then I created my own courses. And now I just 
I love working with people. Um, that's a part of my teacher mentality that I've always had and I love. So now I just feel blessed to do it on a bigger platform and I can help more people. Or if I help one person, that person can go help another person or 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people. So I, it just gives a lot more impact and I absolutely love it. So, and, and, and I have to ask you this, how does it feel not to have to be part of that conformity of working nine to five now? Because I know growing up and even uh, the job that I do now, I work at night um, and various hours. Um, I still have that conformity, but what is it like not to have that conformity to, to, to make your own hours to say that your day can start at 730 in the morning? It doesn't have to start at eight. It doesn't have to end at five. It doesn't have to continuously go further on than you want it to be. So at first it was super overwhelming because I thought I had to work all the time, 24 seven to like get (laughs) clients and do all the things. But um, as I grew, I was able to understand that as long as I did, um, I made a a list of non-negotiables. So I have a list of things I need to do in my business that day and things I need to do on my business. So in my business is working like with my clients, but on my businesses, like when I'm posting on social media or connecting with people to get leads for new clients. So when it just took a lot of time to figure that out, and now I have a lot more freedom and flexibility. So if my daughter's having an off day and let's say she stays home from school, it's totally fine because I can move things around um, and being a single mom, it's super helpful. (laughs) And I find myself actually with more time to even give back to nonprofits or volunteer in different spaces, and it's great. Okay. Now, uh, what we like to do on this show, we like to get uh, a little bit more personal, but we like to ask a few edgy questions. So the edgy question I have for you to, to, to start us off here is this. What was it like when you initially started planning and you started implementing starting your entrepreneurship? What were the fears you had and what were the risks that you had to assume? And you're still assuming at this point, um, in doing this venture? Yeah. So obviously being a single mom and starting a business was risky. (laughs) So risky. And I still, this day, like there's always a fear of, am I going to bring in enough money? Like our clients going to leave and then I'm not going to have like enough money to pay the bills. So, um, that was some of the risk that I took on, but I can tell you that as long as I showed up consistently and I showed up authentically, people were drawn to that and it helped me gain clients. And it's so crazy to me how things work out. Like I might lose a client, but then three days later, I get a message about somebody who wants to start. So I think that um, I'm a big believer in my faith and staying planted in what I'm doing. I think a lot of people give up because that space is so uncomfortable and it can be so scary. So people think, oh my gosh, I've tried this for a week and it's not working. Well, it's been a week. So I definitely think that people don't, when they're in the online space, we see everybody else absolutely killing it because everything's a highlight reel. But in actuality, it takes a lot of time and a lot of patience and pivoting to find out what you're really good at and what you should focus on and what people come to you for. So when you can pinpoint that, it 
allows for a natural, when I was able to figure that out, I was like, oh my gosh, this feels easy. Clients were coming in easier. I was selling my services easier. So that risk went away, but it never truly goes away. It's just in a different costume. As we move forward and we try different things and we grow and we want to reach bigger goals, um, that same fear shows up. It's just wearing a different hat or a different scarf. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, yeah, so if we don't take the risk at a smaller rate, we're never going to reach those big goals that we have for ourselves. And I agree with that wholeheartedly, because if you don't take the small risk and eventually you have to take bigger ones and they have a a bigger end game, um, you'll never succeed in life. So I definitely thank you for that. Hopefully that's probably one of the gems inside this episode when someone's listening to this. Now, uh, you've had numerous jobs across uh, your illustrious career. And those jobs shape you and mold you. Like I can go back in time and I can think um, I worked as a soccer referee. That was my first job. Then I went and worked at Domino's um, and those jobs taught me patience and there are things that I have today. So how did your jobs uh, along your career help and mold you to who you are today? Oh my gosh. So it's so crazy. Like looking back, cause I'm like, I had the most ran. I've been every same thing, like a basketball referee, a basketball coach, I was a wedding planner. I was a teacher. I did all the things, but each of those random things has led to me helping people start their own businesses. And it's aligned with the clients that come to me. It's so wild because they're like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. And I'm like, oh, I've, I've dabbled in that. (laughs) Like, oh, I want to do this. And I'm like, oh, I've dabbled in that too. So I think when we look back, like all of our life skills, give us a lesson or give us something to work for. And I think that's all part of the big plan is we have to have those characteristics to be able to fill our big goals. Like that big voice that's in our head. That's like, Hey, you should do this. All of our life experiences play into that. And when we shut that voice off, I think that we're doing everybody a disservice and we all have something to give other people. And if we don't give our gifts to other people and impact other people, we're being selfish. Okay. Now let me ask you this. We're going to get it into a deep thought. Uh, you, you started your business, uh, Uh We'll get into that in just a moment. If you were allowed uh, to go to a university and have a TED talk, about your life and how you started your business model and everything, what would be the first, let's say a paragraph that you would give in that TED talk to an audience about entrepreneurship and how to help people. And uh, another thing that's, that's a, that's a gray area that no one wants to talk about, like uh, how, how you handle the mental frustrations, because when you're dealing with the public, that's one thing that people don't want to talk about when you're dealing with the public. Sometimes you have to bite your lip and you have to take it in and then you have to give it back to them in a manner that doesn't make you lose a client. So how would your TED talk go in the very beginning if you had a TED talk? Oh my gosh. So I definitely, I've thought about this because it's on my vision board to give a TED talk, but I think that the number one thing that holds people back is the labels that society or that we've put on ourselves. So directly when I was starting my business, I had this looming criminal case over my head. So everything was like, oh, people aren't going to want to work with you because of that criminal label. So 
they're not going to want, you don't have enough expertise to do this. Like you don't have, and that's what holds us back. But that's the thing that now is helping me serve single moms so that they can start their own business because they can leave that label behind and they can serve other people. Um, And I think that sometimes that expertise, people think that, oh, I don't have enough. But again, our life experiences, we have enough expertise to do what we were born and what we're purposed to do. So the label does not matter and that's going to hold you back and you need to let go of that. Otherwise you're always going to be stuck and you're not going to serve people the way that you should. Okay. And I like that one. Now um, I pay homage to a TV show called 2020 growing up. I used to watch a show 2020 uh, had Diane Sawyer, it had John Stossel, but it had Barbara Walters on there. And she had some really tough type questions that uh, made you want to get more involved with the person that was being interviewed. So a client comes to you, they're ready to embark on this adventure and start a business. What is the first thing you tell them? That they need patience and that they need the confidence to show up with the skills that they have. So piggybacking off of the TED Talk question, if you are holding on tight to labels, you're not going to be able to step into the confidence that you need to sell services or show up. Everybody has this notion that like, if I post one thing, everybody's going to see it and they're going to buy it or not buy it. Or they, because in the online space, it can be really deceiving. If you're just starting out, if you post services, why people are not buying it right off the bat, you just started. It's okay. Pivot, excuse me. And you might need to do some work on where your people are. And it takes time. And I necessarily did not plan to start my business when I did, but there's no right time to start. And there's no right time to go for your dreams. So stop waiting, but be patient with the process and be gracious with yourself. Okay. Now you got this client. They've gone through the first steps with you. Then they come to you with a question. And this is the question that anyone that's doing any business online has. And it's about SEO. SEO is this driving factor that people think that it's a certain thing and then they realize that it's not even what they're thinking. So when a client comes to you and asks you about what should I do for my SEO, what do you tell them? Um, So I'm always um, open and transparent with my clients and I am savvy in a lot of different things, but if I don't know the answer, I will go find it for them or we can go on that journey together. But I think that empowering clients to find out the answers and problem solve is the best way to go, but I'm alongside of them for that journey. And so I will share with them what I know about SEO and my website, because I built my website. Um, But every target audience and every industry is different. So it definitely depends on what their industry is and what um, they're doing, because a lot of mine comes from like Instagram. So it's not as necessarily SEO driven, but if you have a product business or you have something else like that is definitely SEO driven. So it's my job as the coach to either help you find the resource, help you find the answers that we need to push your business forward. Okay. And then the next thing, um, they talk about SEO and then they come to you with this thing and this word 
in any type of business when you're doing any advertisement, the word demographic. Demographic is a word that even in podcasts that I have to look at certain demographics, who I'm reaching, how I'm reaching, when I reach them, how many occasions do I have, how many engagements do I have with these people. So the different demographics, you know, they break down by different years by business. So when someone comes to you and asks you about demographics, and uh, I know that it has to be specific to the business, but what is the first thing you tell a client about demographics? So I am currently working with one of my clients and she is trying to launch a group community for women that are 40 plus. So when we started, she was mainly focused on Instagram. And I told her, hey, your demographics are probably not on Instagram. They're on Facebook and they're other, on other places. So pinpointing where her ideal audience is going to be and who she's trying to serve, it's going to be better off somewhere else because of what we know about social media platforms. Um, so when she was struggling to get her message out and to get people to sign up for her program, we definitely had to look at where she was sharing her information and where she was showing up. So we've had a lot more luck on Facebook and LinkedIn and different things because of that demographic. Okay. Now, after that, uh, we'll tie that in there. You have a client that comes to you and they, and we're talking social media here because I had to learn something very hard, just like you just spoke about. Uh, I consider every social media, someone else's Facebook. LinkedIn is the business face is that, that person's Facebook. Tumblr is the bloggers, uh, Facebook. How do you key in and decide what's how much time to invest in each social media, because the problem that I have is, is that I have automation set up now and my automation runs across every platform, maybe not as heavy as certain areas, but I just make sure I reach those demographics weekly, you know, or daily actually. So um, what do you tell someone about a social media exercise, how they should uh, do it in a way that's not overwhelming? Yeah. So A lot of my clients are overwhelming, especially if they're first starting because they think they have to show up in every single space, which is absolutely not true. I tell my clients who are feeling overwhelmed to focus on two. So if you are a coach like myself, I like to show up on Instagram and I like to show up on Pinterest as my sales funnels. Um, I still use Facebook and Facebook groups, but I don't post my services necessarily Um, so focus in two first and see how those are helping you. Um, or if you're getting the clients and the return that you need in those spaces, and if you're not, then find another one and start working on that one. Um, but you don't necessarily need to do all of them. It's basically showing up where you're getting the most return or the most clients or prospects for clients. Um, if you're trying to do all of them all the time. It can be super overwhelming um, and very time consuming because we know how much time it takes to make great content. And it can be really hard, especially when you're starting out. So pick two to start with and move on from there after that. Okay. Now, um, another big thing that happens when we're empowering people and helping them Um and, and, and this even happens in, in paid clients and different things like that, because I do consult work with podcasts and I've had this happen to me. When you're helping somebody, at some point, they get a little derogatory or they get a little sideways with you. 
And that help that you think that you're giving them sometimes turns into a little bit of harm. So how do you weather that storm? Um, so I put myself in their shoes because I remember how frustrated I would get in some of the pieces in my business when things weren't moving as fast as I wanted them to, or people weren't buying or signing up for my services. So it's kind of stepping back into those shoes and back in that mindset and not taking it personally. Um, and it's not something that I can control. One of my favorite models I use in all areas of my life is I can only control and stay in my hula hoop. And if it's outside of my hula hoop, so if it's other people's reactions or other people's, I can't control how they're going to feel, but I can show up and meet them in a place of empathy um, and move forward and ask what the next best step is um, for them and for me as, as they're my client. Um, so helping them kind of navigate that and putting myself in their shoes um, and remembering back to what I had to do to move out of those spaces and that mindset. Okay. And I appreciate that because that right there, like that, that helps people when they want to come do business with you because then that gives them a, a, an atmosphere that they know that they can walk into now. So I definitely thank you for that because sometimes when you do business with someone that you don't know, that person's a stranger to you and you know, if you have certain boundaries and those boundaries are established and you, like you said, you put it right out there, that's an amazing thing. Because so many people, when you do business with them, and this is even, I'm talking six-figure people that doing business, they don't set clear boundaries from the get-go and you go over top of them and then they, you know, put you in your place and things happen. So I greatly appreciate that. Now, um, tying into everything. So someone wants to do business with you. What is the quickest way to get in touch with you? They go to your website because everybody has this, these qualms. They either go to your website or they find you on Instagram. Um, what is the best way for someone to contact you? Um, so Instagram is probably um, the quickest way to contact me either through a message um, or commenting on a piece of content. Um, and my Instagram is at B Ashley Ann. And, um, or you can send me an email or, um, go to my website through Instagram, um, and ashleyancreates.com. You can shoot me a direct message on there as well. And thank you for that. We usually do a little spot called the shameless plug. Always like to let the <laughs> listeners know, know where they can, uh, find, uh, the content creator. Now you have everything going on. You have everything in place in 2022 is the year that you're embarking on a, a, a strong campaign with what you're doing. What is your mission statement and what is your mission goal for this year? And the reason I ask that is because everyone has a statement and then they are like a goal and a statement are the same thing. And I'm like, no, two different things here. So what is your mission statement and your goal for this year? Um, so my mission statement is to serve and to impact women to become um, financially stable and flexible so that they can um, provide for their families. Um, and then I, my, um, I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, was, um, so, and then did I, was that my goal? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that was your goal. What's your statement? <laughs> <laughs> so my statement um, is impacting others. Um, so it <laughs> impacting others so others can impact others as well. 
Okay, so a continual thing going on there. Yeah. Now, um, digging a little deeper, you're helping these clients and stress builds up and things like that. What do you do for self-care for yourself? And the reason I ask this is because the self-care and the mental health maintenance and checkups you do on yourself will reflect to your clients later. So how do you take care of yourself? Um, so everybody's going to hate this um, for, <laughs> because I work out every single morning. I set an appointment at 7.30. I have a personal trainer and it is my accountability as an accountability clarity coach. It's my um, accountability to show up and take care of my health. Um, so definitely that, but also, um, I take myself out to eat and I also love to paint and create things. So I set an appointment to paint, um, three times a week, um, depending on my schedule and those times are non-negotiable for me. So even if somebody wants to meet during that time, it's, it's a no-go. Um, and I, um, just enjoy because a lot of people think like self-care they're like oh bubble baths and like all that stuff that's not me I'm a creator and I like to make things so getting my hands on anything um, and making something is the best for my okay okay and the reason I ask that is because so many people like with your job your job is very overwhelming you have to deal with so many aspects you're helping someone create take their their dream and make it a reality and the steps in between that have to wear and tear on me sometimes and I, I just I couldn't even fathom doing all that so I do want to commend you for that because it takes a lot of time and uh, strength and power now your business is running everything uh is, is working out very well for your business uh what are some of the like follies and or the, the the things that kind of you know because you have a rising and a fall in action? What are some of the fall in actions inside your job that happen and and how do you rise out of those uh, situations? Yeah, so I think a big one um, is like the overturn of clients who like you lose clients and then you gain clients and when you're in those kind of waves it's really hard to get, or it's really easy to get discouraged and not to keep going. If somebody says, Oh, I don't want to do it. Or you think you have a new signed client and then you turn around a couple of days later and they're like, Oh no, sorry, I can't do it this month. I'm going to do it next month. So moving through those just to stay positive and know that this journey is for me. And this is like what was put on my plate um, as a vision and that it is going to work out no matter what and to expect the best, even though things are not um, looking the best every day, um, but to keep moving forward, even despite that. Okay. So just to ask a few little quirky questions, um, what is your obsession with Christmas? And, and, and the reason I ask this is because, um, my co-host is my girlfriend, Stacy. She has this thing with Christmas. Christmas starts, um, the day after Halloween. Yep. It, 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 yeah. Like Halloween, the nightmare before Christmas comes on and then, it's Christmas. Like Thanksgiving is not even a reality or holiday and it, and Christmas doesn't end until January 2nd. So <laughs> what's your obsession with Christmas? Um, so I love all things sparkly. I love all things bright. I love that people are somewhat, most people are in a, a cheerier mood. Um, and I think it's just a great time to serve other people and to love on other people who are important to us. So it's not about the gifts and stuff like that, like not to sound super cheesy, 
but just the traditions that come with it and creating new traditions with my daughter. I just, I love all of those aspects and who doesn't love a Christmas tree and decorating it and doing all that stuff. So I just, yeah, that's what I love about it. All right. So let me uh, get a little deeper with this. Now, what about Christmas lights? Christmas lights, we have certain places we have to go and <laughs> If we don't go to these places, it's not going to be Christmas. We can go. It could be. We went to go see Christmas lights in a city across from where we live in West Virginia, over in Ohio, and it was foggy. It looked like death outside. But we went and saw those lights. And you know, it, do the lights mean something to you? Oh my um, gosh, yes, that's so funny because um, the guy that I'm dating, we go to this street, and it's houses that have coordinated, and there's like ten houses in a row. Like oh, wow. on both sides of the street. So like people park and then you turn into the radio station and it's like a whole 30 minute thing. And it doesn't feel like Christmas until I go. Um, and we went the day after Christmas and I was a little bit frustrated, but also I was like, okay, now I feel like my Christmas plate is full and it's good. So um, yeah, lights are a huge thing and I love them so much <laughs> okay and audience remember this so that when you become a client when christmas time comes around you can give her uh, a light from uh where you where you live or some type of different ornament that comes from your state now uh more quirky questions real fast um you have a fear you have a fear <laughs> of a reptile and i'm going to tell you a quick story real quick my son has this reptile um and it, it's I'll call it a dead expense and I don't know why anyone owns them they belong outside wherever they're supposed to be um so please tell us about this fear you have and why you have this fear (laughs) so I have irrational fear of iguanas and that sounds crazy but when I was this is my first memory ever uh, as a human I was probably about two I was in a pet store with my parents I'm the oldest and So it was just me at this time. And I turned the corner and there was an iguana like on a branch, just out, just out and about. And I came like face to face with it. And just a blood, like curdling scream came from me. My mom, she says that she can still hear that scream. And then I'm 35. So um, it would definitely made a huge impact. And I've disliked them ever since. I do not like traveling to Mexico because they're all over the place. Um, And yeah, so that's my fear. And that's why I have it irrational. (laughs) I don't know, but (laughs) yeah. I think, I think my issue with the iguanas is this and, and no offense to horses either did expenses or did expenses, but anyone that has these animals and they shed that tail, um, my son sent me a picture, him and his mom, they they like these things for whatever reasons. And um, it shed its tail and they just left it in there for a little bit. And then they took it out later. And I'm like, why What would want you to have an animal that gets rid of its tail or anything like that? You know, just, <laughs> and they're just, it's just something you can't play with it. You can't do anything with it. It's got claws. It can bite you. It can give you salmonella. It can give you all kinds of disease. Why would so you? like they can run super fast like who wants an iguana yeah it's yeah 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 not for me (laughs) yeah so most definitely uh i definitely agree with you on that would never ever 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 want to have an iguana and i tell my son you know 
you you live with your mom, so you do what you want to do. If you come over to with me and Stacy, you're not gonna have a an iguana. You ain't gonna have anything that's reptilian no. like that. Yeah, you know, We're like you said, one, Florida. Yeah. One dog household. That's it. I'm not doing anything <laughs> outside of that. <laughs> okay. Now, Ashley, uh, one thing that I would like to ask everybody: uh, Do you have a hidden talent or a secret that no one knows about? And the reason I do this is because on the show I had this lady. Um, she told me that the sound of a carbonating can opening, like a soda opening, uh, drives her crazy and can ruin her day. Another lady in Georgia, she goes to Goodwills. She buys uh, that polyester or velvet, um, like uh, pictures and stuff. She puts rhinestones on it and resells it for a higher value. Oh my gosh. So these people have like these weird, they're, I'm not gonna call them weird, but they have these hidden talents and these secrets about them. So do you have one? And, I, and I'll tell you mine real quick so it'll give you a little bit of time. My secret is that I live in West Virginia and we have what they call Mountain Dew sports out here where people jump off cliffs and dive in water <laughs> and all this other stuff. And me personally, I cannot swim. But you will see pictures of me at the beach, near water, all this other stuff, because I have Stacy with me. And if I fall in that water, Stacy's going to save me. So I have no, I have a fear of swimming, and I know I can't swim, but I will get in water as long as Stacy's nearby. If she's not nearby, I'm not getting in the water. I'm doing optical illusion, but you're not going to catch me in any type of water that I'm going to drown in if she's not around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm not a huge swimmer either. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I would say it's not necessarily a secret, but, um, I make jewelry and I love to make jewelry for my friends, like weddings, um, so that they can give gifts to their bridesmaids. Um, so that is a secret talent that I don't do as much anymore. Um, but if you've known me for a long time that you do know that I make jewelry, so. So you like to make jewelry. So you and the lady with the rhinestones need to get together. I know. I was and, like, and, oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about a uh, funny story just to go off topic for a quick second. We had a Goodwill that just opened here yesterday and mm-hmm. we had crowds of people outside like it was the grand opening of Sex uh, Fifth Avenue or something. And I was like, <laughs> right. somebody's in there getting some of that, uh, those paintings. And they're going to take it home and put rhinestones on it and resell it for a higher price on eBay. And it just got me. So, um, to wrap up real quick, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia and Commonplace. Uh, it's been very amazing to hear about your story and about everything that's going on with you. So real quick for the shameless plug, can you plug where the audience can reach you and can you give them a lasting statement that will go on in infamy in this podcast? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at B Ashley Ann, um, Ann with an E. And um, my website is AshleyAnnCreates.com. And um, no matter what you do, it's our job to serve others and to love on others. Um, okay. And this is JR from West Virginia and commonplace and I'm signing off, uh, real fast, but here's one thing real quick in the show notes for this show, you will have all the information you need to get in touch with Ashley Ann, um, and to get the services that she provides, um, there's correspondence you can do from in her website and other things to get in contact with her even deeper. She did say, mention earlier that Instagram is the fastest mode and method to reach her. Um, and to the audience, once again, uh, you can leave an email uh, about this episode. Once you hear it, if you want to, if there's more in-depth stuff that you want to know at uh, WV uncommonplace at gmail.com, uh, feel free to leave uh, some type of support message over on anchor. Um, this podcast is, distributed well across all kinds of different platforms. So you will hear this in different countries, different places. And here's the one key thing here. 
AshleyAnnCreates.com. You need to head over there, check her out, and remember the www.before that because I didn't put it in front of that. <laughs> Once again, thank you guys.